presidential harassment followed by ex-presidential harassment. Yes, he is out of power, but they can't quit this guy. You heard about the grand jury? They've convened a grand jury to look into Donald Trump, even after the uh, two impeachments, the Mueller investigation. Prosecutor in Trump criminal probe convenes grand jury to hear evidence weigh potential charges. This is harassment. This is a witch hunt. Sounds cliche, but that's what it is. He's been through so much. If they could find anything on him, they would have done it by now, right? Robert Mueller, these guys, Adam Schiff, there's nothing there. And that's what's driving them crazy. How about this? Here's evidence that they're deranged, going after his attorneys, searching their personal stuff, their personal property. It is ludicrous. It is unfair. It is un-American. Donald Trump actually made a huge mistake. He didn't follow through on this campaign promise. If he had, I don't think he'd be going through all this right now. Take a look. If I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. <laughs> there was evidence of potential criminality and he would have been entitled to pursue that route. But people don't understand this about Donald Trump. He's not as ruthless as you think. He can be a very nice guy, forgiving with a soft heart. Right after he won the election, they asked him on 60 Minutes, are you going to do that? Are you going to say what you did? Are you going to investigate the Clintons? You called a crooked Hillary, said you wanted to get in jail. Your people and your audiences kept saying, lock him up. Yeah. Well, she do did, you she did put some it, bad things. I mean, she I did know, some bad things. I know, but a special prosecutor? You I think don't want to might... hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. They're, they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. But, Mr. President, they want to hurt you. And boy, are they trying. And they are kind of open about it. I'll give them that. They want to hurt you. They're releasing that the state attorney general probe is now a criminal probe. This phony grand jury, they're actually proud of it. You're going to hear now from, this is Letitia James. She is the sitting attorney general of New York State. She's in government, yet she speaks like this. I say one name. Donald Trump. That should motivate you. Will you, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the He's going to know my name personally. Running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. Legal system where even the most powerful in the country cannot use a loophole to evade justice. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. All right, so she's not some guest on MSNBC. That is New York State's Attorney General. It's pretty something. With all this, by the way, they can't hurt President Trump. They haven't, at least politically. Sure, they can kick him off of big tech, but have you seen these poll numbers? 73% of the Republican Party wants him back. And they've actually committed. Next poll, if you will, 82% pledge to vote for Donald Trump. These are big numbers, and we've never seen anything like this. You know, for an ex-president, particularly a one-term president, 
Uh, that's it. You're done. You walk away. Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush. You think they had any political clout when they left office? No, it doesn't work that way. So they want to damage President Trump because he does have clout. He does have power. And um, he keeps him up at night. He really does. This guy could come back. Now, a lot of people think Joe Biden is not going to make it for the entire term. Something's going to happen. He's going to step down. I don't know. But is Joe Biden going to be president in 2024? We'll see. But that means Kamala Harris is probably the next nominee. And who wins, Donald Trump or Kamala Harris? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how do you... <laughs> I think Donald Trump wins. So what are you going to see? And they know that, too, deep down. I think you're going to see a lot more of this censorship, cancel culture, election fortifying, and also a very unhealthy and dishonest conversation about race. Ceremonies nationwide as America remembers George Floyd, marking a year of protest, pain, and hope. George Floyd lived a life as an ordinary black man, but in his passing, he's been able to do something that most have not. He's been able to transcend the barriers that stand between us, and he's been able to elevate important conversations. It was all totally over the top and ridiculous. George Floyd should not have died. That video horrified me as well. But should he be deified? Should we just overlook everything else about him, his criminal past? Oh, and this key point, if he had not resisted arrest, he would be alive. That is a, that is a totally fair opinion. In fact, it's not an opinion, it's fact. If he had not resisted, this wouldn't have happened. If the police had not accommodated him and allowed him out of the police car because he didn't want to be in there, none of this would have happened. But be careful with that one, folks, because if you say it, you could be fired, canceled. Who knows? If George Floyd had, at the beginning, when they got him out of the car and went to put him in the police car, if he had just sidled into the car and slid in there and got, you know, let them put his legs in, he would be alive today, and you know that's true. I do know that's true, Miss Gardner. Fired for that. And when they fire her, guess what? That has a chilling effect on everybody in Fairbanks, Alaska, and across the country. If you say the wrong thing about George Floyd, you could lose your job. This is totally ludicrous. This is right out of cancel culture in China and the Chinese Cultural Revolution. This is ludicrous stuff but it's taking hold, and Democrats need this stuff. They need to stay with the censorship, election fortifying, and also a phony conversation about race to intimidate people who don't agree with them. It's times like this I miss Donald Trump, but I'm also still inspired by him. This is his July 4th speech last year at Mount Rushmore. There is a new far-left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. If you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. It's not gonna happen to us. 
So how are we not going to let it happen to us? Because it would have been easier with him as president. Well, we got some advice, some good advice from one of his cabinet secretaries, former Dr. Ben Carson. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Listen to this. There's really only uh, one really good solution that I can see, and it's called courage. You know, if, if you sit in the corner and say nothing and hope no one calls you a racist, uh, you're not going to get very far. The only thing necessary for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. Love it. Inspiring, right? We're going to meet a courageous woman in just a little bit, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Stay with us. Already, President Biden is moving quickly to overturn many of President Trump's policies. Newsmax is now conducting a national poll about Joe Biden, and you can vote. Let us know if you approve of the job President Biden is doing and how you think he compares to President Trump. Newsmax wants to know what you think. It just takes a minute to vote. So text us now and register your vote. Let America hear your voice. It's important. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't. All right, folks, I played Army Man when I was a kid. I played with my G.I. Joes. Uh, I played with toy guns, but still, this is creepy, what you're about to see. A little uh, celebration by Hamas in Gaza. So the guy in the green scarf is a Hamas leader. His name is uh, Sinwar. And the kid, again, I'm sorry, uh, the getup is just a little bit too authentic. Uh, don't want to be a jerk here, but he's not cute. This is creepy. So now that hostilities have ceased, things are back to not being very normal uh, in Gaza and with Hamas. Kid warrior on parade like that. Hamas, of course, is funded by Iran, and the Ayatollah Khamenei is, uh, well, he's on Twitter, and he's quite active, and he's got nearly 900,000 followers, and he's tweeting away every uh, two days or so. Let's take a look at this. By God's power, you will be victorious and purify the Holy Land from the contamination of the usurpers, God willing. That's believed to be code for Israel. Here's something else, a little item. The struggle to free Palestine is jihad, holy war, in the way of God. Victory in such a struggle has been guaranteed because the person, even if killed, will receive one of the two excellent things. What's that all about? Is that that virgin's uh, arrangement they have? Also, well, you get the idea. The Zionist regime is a deadly, cancerous growth and a detriment to this region. It will undoubtedly be uprooted and destroyed. Goodness gracious, the shame will fall on. This is horrible, horrible, hateful stuff. And Twitter allows it to flourish. Meanwhile, Donald Trump says lock her up, says march calmly and peacefully and patriotically, and you'll never see him on Twitter again. That seems totally, totally outrageous. 
All right, let's go to Portland, Oregon right now. With all this talk about white supremacy, I've been waiting for the attack by the white supremacists. Nope, you don't see that, but you see Antifa hard at work. They're trying to b burn down the federal building there and uh, breaking windows and looting stores. It's happening all over Portland and in other cities, but you never hear about it because we all need to be worried about white supremacism. I hate white supremacism, but I'm not seeing it. I am seeing left-wing radicals go to town and nobody seems to care, but we got to arrest everybody who even looked at the Capitol on January 6th. Ah, Richard Barnett. He's still in a lot of hot water, although I'm happy to report he's finally out of jail. Some people are still in jail who were arrested for January 6th. All right. Again, if you are on the left, if you are a Democrat, if you are associated with Black Lives Matter, you can do literally, it seems, anything you want. All right, it was like a bit of an impromptu Black Lives Matter slash Andrew Brown uh, protest, uh, just taking over an intersection and uh, a person driving about a half mile per hour didn't run over anybody and somebody fell down next to the car. It can be a scary situation when a bunch of people are yelling at you. Again, not excessive speed. The driver has been charged with this. Take a look. Gosh, two counts felony assault with deadly weapon, intent to kill, deadly weapon being the car and then the rest. That seems to be uh, a little bit much, a little bit much in my opinion. And by the way, Andrew Brown, uh, the district attorney has ruled that to be a justified use of police force. I want to show you what happened to him in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, and a little element that folks haven't been talking about. First, this, though. Talk about using uh, a car as a deadly weapon. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Now, something I noticed in this footage that no one else has pointed out, but I think it's relevant if we're just going to be talking about race in America. And I hear that Andrew Brown was black. Well, the first responding police officer happened to be black. I think that doesn't really change the narrative. I don't know. I think it's probably relevant. I, why aren't these things mentioned and, uh, or ignored? Hmm? All right. We have this as well. Uh, 
I couldn't make all of it out, but she seems pretty intent on killing a cop. That was in Kansas City, Missouri. She remains uh, unidentified, but they're looking into it. Uh, a lot of hateful things. And uh, if she's threatening people publicly like that, especially law enforcement officers, that might be against the law. All right. Now this. Black lives do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Matter organization thinks so when they only care if a black life is taken by a white cop. No, black lives do matter. All right, with that in mind, 15-year-old Destiny Green mattered. She was shot and killed Monday in Albany, New York. She was a sophomore at Shaker High School. Ninth fatality from gun violence in Albany this year. Police said Green and three other people were having what they called a social media gathering when a fight broke out and another group of people, and Green was shot with another group of people. Uh, the Albany mayor spoke out about the gun violence going on and how it will not be tolerated going forward. The message today is that the police are here, law enforcement is here. If you have a gun and you use it in our city, we will find you and we will arrest you and we will ask the district attorney to put you in jail for a very long time. The gun violence has to stop. There she is, 15-year-old Destiny Green, shot and killed Monday in Albany, New York. Her life mattered. We'll be right back. We are joined once again, happy to have her, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Green, Republican of Georgia. Welcome back, Congresswoman. And it occurs to me you are, I think, the most famous Republican, most well-known Republican in the House of Representatives right now, more so than Kevin McCarthy in terms of name recognition. I don't know if that makes your life easier or harder, but I believe it to be true. How are you? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you doing? Terrific. Well, what about that high profile? Is it a hindrance? Is it a burden? Uh, your life has changed remarkably. You're still a freshman and one of the most talked about people in America. Uh, how are you holding up? I'm holding up well because I live in Georgia and my district is the land of freedom. Uh, and so it's wonderful to be at home. But it can be interesting when I'm out traveling, um, going to different places. But I'm holding up well because that's uh, being popular wasn't the reason why I wanted to run for Congress. I wanted to make effective change. And I was frustrated and I'm still frustrated at how Congress is failing the people and I believe we can do better, and that's why I continue to be outspoken. We appreciate your outspokenness. Uh, sometimes outspokenness can complicate one's life. Now, you're on a program, and you started talking about, well, let's just listen because this made news, and it might be causing you problems uh, right now and in the future. Well, let's go ahead. This woman is mentally ill. You know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. All right. Some reactions so far. Now, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, his reaction uh, and he's talking openly, I think, about expulsion. But Marjorie is wrong in her 
intentional decision to compare the horrors of the Holocaust with wearing masks is appalling. Let me be clear, the House Republican Conference condemns this language. You do have some pretty key support as well, especially here in New York in the Jewish community. I'd like to put both of these up. Uh, this is Nachman Matovsky, uh, and he makes it quite clear that almost all Orthodox Jews support Marjorie Taylor Greene. You, uh, and he says, you know, the people that actually practice Judaism. There's also a Republican candidate in Ohio for the U.S. Senate, uh, a former Marine. Hamas caucus attacking Israel and Jews, yet establishment Republicans like Kevin McCarthy won't take a stand. They are more interested in virtue signaling to their pals in the media about Marjorie Taylor Greene than they are in combating Hamas spokesman Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Wow. All right. So, Congresswoman, what do you have to say? Well, here's what I have to say. There, you have to have respect for Nancy Pelosi and that she never allows attacks on her own. And she defends them even when they sleep with Chinese spies, uh, uh, when, they, when they attack Israel, when they stand with Hamas terrorism, and that when their rhetoric is so disgusting and that Antifa uh, pro-Palestinian rioters are on the streets attacking American Jews. You know, Nancy Pelosi stands with her own, um, and Kevin McCarthy never had to say a word. He could have said, you know, you should ask Marjorie about her words and, and ask her what she had to say. That would have been the right answer for him. So it's unfortunate that he took this route uh, and he didn't even text me or, or call me, uh, which is really a shame before I found out, seeing it in the news, that, that he had said that. And then sadly, you know, Elise Stefanik, our new uh, GOP chair, followed suit, of course, right along. And, and then I think Steve Scalise and others um, and they shouldn't have done that. They none of them called me and asked me what I what I meant by what I had said. Um, and the media, as usual, twists and turn my words. Um, you know, it's terrible how people are being treated in this country about masks and about vaccine passports. And we have to stand up to these aggressions. And these are the exact types of aggressions that take away our freedoms. And we've seen it with uh, tyrants in, in the past throughout history. And these are definitely countries that per pursued the socialist path, the same path that the Democrats are pursuing. Hey, I see this. Someone is wondering whether or not uh, Kevin McCarthy has the intellectual furniture or the backbone for the job he has. Uh, oh, I tweeted that a few hours ago. Sorry. Uh, that's uh, uh, there's that out there. I would like to offer this, though, as you know, the Holocaust is without comparison. So that can set people off. But it does seem like we're in this point where people are being labeled. They're being labeled or typecast, uh, a Karen, mm -hmm. a racist, uh, a white supremacist, and or an anti-vaxxer. Uh, you know, Rand Paul was yeah. on the show yesterday. He had death threats, and people are confronting him because he will not take the vaccination. And I think that, you know, the segregation and labeling people, it's reminiscent of some things we've seen before in history. Absolutely, Greg. You're completely right. And this is why I refuse to wear my mask on the House floor because of these tyrannical, um, power-grabbing, ridiculous policies that condemn people. And, you know, the Democrats are the party of hate and the party of division. And, and now we're actually seeing, like, the University of Virginia, where they're telling their students they can't return back to class in person unless they get the vaccine. And this is a vaccine that most people in their age group survive easily, and, and the vaccine is not even FDA-approved. Um, you know, it's against their HIPAA rights for, for any government, uh, institution, school, workplace, or anyone to tell someone else 
if they should get the vaccine. It's completely wrong. But to be treated that way is absolutely horrific. And so that's why I'm fighting it on the House floor. I'm doing that on behalf of all the school kids that are being forced to wear masks by by communist teachers unions and by uh, businesses and, and universities that are that are really treating people like second second class citizens just because they don't want to get a vaccine. Congresswoman, you have been harassed uh, by all kinds of people, especially our own government. We have the footage finally ready to go when the troops from, I believe, Guam descended on your office in a pretty, I would say, a semi-aggressive way. Uh, they were there to, uh, I don't know, they seemed to want to straighten you out about something you said about Guam. I thought this was, you may know that I've spent a lot of time in the military, and I thought this was incredibly inappropriate and potentially illegal. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually haven't talked about this. You weren't in the office at the time, but tell me your reaction to when the troops showed up and wanted to straighten you out about a political statement you made that you're entitled to make, by the way. Yes, um, I'm appalled at that. And that's the delegate of Guam that did that. And I don't I don't hold any ill will toward towards the troops. I'm a big believer in our military. My dad was a Vietnam War veteran and my husband served in the Navy. And I just I think our military men and women are the greatest among us and they shouldn't be used this way um, and they shouldn't be uh, taught critical race theories and, and led into woke progressive ridiculous ideas in our military. Our military men and women should be respected and so should female members of Congress should also be respected and not be treated this way. Um, that's just another one of the aggressive things that the Democrats have done to me. Um, marching troops on my office, uh, BLM Congresswoman Cori Bush, the same woman that led the mob into the neighborhood of the McCloskeys. She's now a member of Congress. She attacked me in the hallway. Um, my own, the lady across the hall that planted the trans flag uh, just recently rammed her shoulder into mine as she was leaving the House floor voting. And I turned and I said, excuse me. And she refused to even acknowledge me and apologize. Um, so, it, you know, they always say that it's me and they're blaming me. But all of these things have happened and it's been the Democrats. And, and it's truly amazing. Well, it's truly amazing also that the harder they fight against you and try to silence you, it appears to me from up here in New York that you're getting stronger, becoming stronger, and your voice uh, heard by more and more people. That's what I'm picking up. I hope, I hope you agree. Is that, is that happening? Yes, it's definitely the case because people aren't stupid. And for too long, Congress and those that have been elected have treated the American people like they're stupid and as if their voice doesn't matter and their solutions don't matter. But the only person I am is I am truly one of the people and I'm representing there in Congress. And so everything that I say, and I, and I say to their faces right there on the House floor, and I say it all the time, are the exact words that regular people say at home at their kitchen table, that they might say at work during lunch, or they might say um, in the cafe when they're having breakfast with their friends uh, early on mm. Saturday morning. So I'm truly representing the people, and that's really all I care about because Congress is an absolute failure. We're nearly $30 trillion in debt in this country, and Congress is failing the American right. people. Representing the people. How about that? What a novel concept, and uh, you're doing a fabulous job. In my opinion, an opinion show. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, we thank you so much, and we'll be right back. Real conflict.
Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. I learned the hard way that freedom is precious and rare, and we have to fight for it. Today, the fight for freedom is not on a battlefield overseas. Now the fight to preserve the fundamental things that make us Americans will be won or lost here at home. You and I face a generational crisis. Will we cherish our freedoms? Or will we submit to a government that tells us how to live, what to drive, who to worship, and what to think? Sean Parnell, Republican running for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. That was quite an ad. However, you did gloss over your uh, Afghanistan experience. You hint at it, but you were seriously wounded over there. And uh, anyway, Sean Parnell, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Greg. Thanks for having me. You bet. And look, is this a bit of a blessing in disguise? You ran for the House of Representatives, barely lost, we think, uh, to Connor Lamb. Uh, you could be a congressman right now. If you were a member of the Congress, you would not be running for the Senate. What's going on in your head right now? Well, I, I think, you know, the fight uh, the fight for freedom, Greg, you know, is not going to happen on a foreign battlefield. As you know, uh, and I know you served as well. Um, I was in Afghanistan for 485 days. 85% of my platoon uh, was wounded, some twice, some three times. I was wounded myself. Um, we know, if you've raised your right hand to serve this country, we know how precious and rare freedom truly is. Uh, but again, the fight for freedom in 2021 going into 2022 is not going to happen on a foreign battlefield. It's going to happen right here at home. If you look at what what's happening right now in this country, you know, our taxes are rising, our debt and deficit is soaring, our border is flooded, there's a crisis in the Middle East, our energy industry here in Pennsylvania is being absolutely crushed. The First Amendment is under attack, the Second Amendment is too. You look at the Democrats' agenda, they talk about packing the Supreme Court, they're talking about, they're talking about nuking the filibuster, which would remove any dissent in the Senate from a minority voice. They're talking about Washington, D.C. statehood, which would give the Democrats a permanent majority in the United States Senate. Greg. Uh, we have to stop them right here and right now. And ultimately, that's why I'm running for Senate in Pennsylvania, to protect and preserve the American dream and our way of life, because it's worth defending. Uh, so, look, I'll say this. I think there was a silver lining. Again, if you won that House seat, look, it's a much you'll have much greater influence, potentially, if you win this thing as a United States senator. Uh, how can we help? How can people get involved? Well, I mean, go to ParnellForSenate.com. Uh, you know, Google right now, if you if you punch in my name on Google, Sean Parnell, Senate Pennsylvania, you won't find my website. But if you go to Yahoo, Bing, or DuckDuckGo, it comes up first. So Google is is hurting us a little bit when it comes to digital fundraising, but it doesn't matter. We're powering through. Uh, we think that they're censoring our website, so don't use them, right? Uh, just punch in our website. Um, and if you can, and if you feel inclined, uh, contribute to this movement. Because ultimately, Greg, in, in 2020, we amassed over 45,000 individual donors. This is a campaign that was truly beholden to the people, not to the Republican Party. We certainly weren't afraid to lock horns with the Democrats either. But this is a campaign that's, that, that has been and will continue to be uh, about the people and, and the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So join our movement. Uh, contribute if you're so inclined. We'd love to have you. Underreported story, <laughs> incredibly underreported, the 2020 election in Pennsylvania in terms of the uh, constitutionality or lack thereof of how people voted. Can you take us through that? My understanding was there are basically two ways to vote in Pennsylvania, in person 
and absentee with excuse. That is according to your constitution. And mm -hmm. <laughs> they totally threw that out and gave like people 50 different ways to vote. But yeah. you tell us they did not change the constitution, right? Correct. I mean, the, the Pennsylvania Constitution is very clear on how the people uh, of Pennsylvania can vote. And in order to change the time, place and manner of an election uh, here in Pennsylvania, in other words, Act 77, no excuse absentee ballot laws, uh, you have to do a constitutional amendment. You have to amend the PA Constitution. And that happens. There's three parts to that, right? Uh, it's got to be voted on uh, in back-to-back -back legislative uh, assemblies in the PA uh, General Assembly. It has to be advertised in two separate newspapers in every county in the state for three months. And the most important part of this, Greg, is it has to go on the ballot for a referendum so that the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania can have a say in our political destiny here in Pennsylvania. So I'm not making a value judgment about mail-in ballots. I think I'd prefer you to vote in person. But this this is about the people being denied a voice. They deserve to have a, a, a say, a, a, you know, and they did not get one. Uh, and by the way, for your viewers, the one time that our case was evaluated on the merits in the Commonwealth Court here of Pennsylvania, we won. They found Act 77 to likely be unconstitutional. But unfortunately, it was appealed to the PA Supreme Court, which is a 5-2 Democrat supermajority. Our case went all the way to the Supreme Court. They didn't take the case. We fought to the bitter end. But, Greg, that's exactly what this country needs, right? Right now, I believe that America stands on a very thin line between hope and darkness. This country needs fighters, leaders, and warriors, and that's exactly what I am. So someone that's unafraid to stand up to his own political party when they're mm -hmm. incorrect but also somebody that's, you know, that's willing to stand up to the Democrats uh, when they're trying to fundamentally transform this country. And we know you have a big fan in Donald Trump, former President Trump and Sean Parnell. Uh, he's very much on your side. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. Good luck. Stay in touch, all right? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Greg. You bet. You bet. Stinchfield is standing by. Grant, hello. Hello, Greg. I don't know if you're watching this hearing with David Chipman. He's up for the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms lead position. Greg, this guy's a huge anti-gunner. I mean, he is a lobbyist for the anti-gun movement. Um, the only way to describe it, it, it's like appointing Jane Fonda to be Secretary <laughs> of Defense or, or something. We've got the NRA on the show tonight, one of the leaders, to react to his claim he wants to do away and confiscate AR-15s, the most popular rifle in America. That's who Joe Biden wants to lead the ATF. Go yeah. figure. A rifle, not a machine gun. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle, as was pointed out today. That was quite a moment. Sounds like a great uh, show, great idea. Thank you, Grant. We'll be watching, and we'll be right back as well. Well, there they are with Donald Trump, the awesome Diamond and Silk. Looks like they're in the cabinet room there. Diamond and Silk, of course, social media superstars. You can follow them at Diamond and Silk on Twitter. And they've got a show right here on Newsmax. Uh, Diamond and Silk, crystal clear. Saturdays at 8.30 at night, Sundays 3 in the afternoon. Diamond and Silk, welcome back to the uh, Greg Kelly Show. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing wow. wonderful. I hope you're doing well. So nice to see you both. Uh, look, I'd like to get your thoughts right off the top about the George Floyd uh, commemoration yesterday. Uh, at times, it seemed a little bit over the top, and at some times, it seemed a little bit violent. Take a quick look at this. This bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be... Uh, to... Just got to be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us, excuse us. 
All right. Gunfire right by the uh, shrine to George Floyd. What are your thoughts overall one year later after the death of George Floyd? Well, you know, what about um, what happened to businesses one year later, how they're still dismantled, burnt down, yeah. looted? What about that? You know, I keep hearing people say that um, they want you to remember George Floyd's legacy. But when we look at his legacy, mm -hmm. it doesn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> and legacy is something passed down from the ancestors. So what are you all trying to pass down to people, people of color, uh, criminality, uh, being a drug addict. <clears throat> and let me tell you, I don't have a problem with people uh, changing their lives. Right. But what I do, I have a problem with people taking and throwing this up in our face as if we should go along and this is the only thing we need to inspire to be like a George Floyd. That's people right. need to be better than a George Floyd. People need to be better than this police officer yeah. that had his knee on George Floyd's neck. Yeah. So I just think the whole situation, I, I'm just I'm just appalled by it all. I don't I don't want to look up to that. And, and shame on Jim Crow Joe for taking this and politicizing this. The left politicizing um, this situation and you keep throwing it up in our face like every year we need to remember right. this and comm commemorate this. No, absolutely not. And I have an issue with them exploiting this black man. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. The family of George Floyd went to the White House and they had a closed, a closed uh, a meeting but with President Donald J. Trump, when we as black women went there to the White House, he had an open discussion. He allowed the media to come in. That's right. But then when you have Jim Crow Joe Biden, they want to continue to exploit this black man so they can try to tap into the pains of our ancestors. We're just calling it out for what it is mm -hmm. because they want to do this so they can keep the vision in our country. They want to keep racism going. It's like race baiting over and over and over again. We have people that have done plenty of things for the black community. Okay, well, look at the police officers that got killed doing all of these rioting and after this George Floyd thing, after everything had happened. Were they ever invited to the White House? Mm -hmm. Were their families ever invited to the White House? No. That's because it don't fit the left-wing narrative. As long as they can keep this country divided by race. Yeah, as wow. long as they can continue to do it. And if we continue to allow them to do it and not kick back against it, they will continue to do it. It is a shame. And they need to stop exploiting the pains of black people yeah. just to push a narrative. That's and hard. black people... Stop being used by white liberals to push a white agenda. That's right. I love it. I love it, uh, Diamond and Silk. But let me ask you, we're going to push back against this narrative. What's going on in your neighborhood? You guys are in uh, Fayetteville, right? North Carolina? Yes. Yes. What's happening there? You know, I saw a cop have an altercation. Everybody whipped out their cell phones. The opinion of the group immediately automatically was against the cop. And I'm seeing videos from all over the country. And uh, where did we see? Kansas City, Missouri, it seemed like it was the same there. This feeling is pervading everywhere, and I don't like it. I know you guys don't. How do we change it? Okay, so we change it by looking at what's yeah. going on, who's promoting this, 
Who keeps pushing this agenda That's to right. further divide us? We need to understand that we are one race, and that's the human, human race. race. And let's get our, the context of our color. Let's get that out the equation yeah. here. Just because you see an officer do something does not mean that impacts or affect all officers. All officers are like this here. Right. Okay? Listen, just because there's a bad apple, there's always a bad apple in the bunch. You get rid of the bad apple and you keep it moving, right? Yeah. But you don't take and demonize the uh, all police. All and when the media do that and people hear that they automatically assume without even seeing what happened yes. it's the police fault. And here's the crazy thing Greg, real quick. How is it that whenever a white police officer shoots a black person they have all of these video footages of it. But when a black person kill another black person, everybody's scared. Nobody's seen nothing, nobody say nothing, there's no video footage. Why is that? Mm. Okay, it's to continue to push this narrative down the throats of the American people to try to keep us divided. And what we got to do once again is rise up against that and say, no, you will not use us as a commodity. Right. You will not use us for your own racial divisive gain. It will not be like that. We will not allow you to do that to us. Right. And yes. Greg, one thing that I want to point out, yeah. people need to understand we are the United States of America, America. not the United States of Antifa and not the United States of Black Lives Matter, That's but right. the United States of America. Yes. That's what people, we in the country. That's All right. of these symbols and this, these groups and organizations. Yeah. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That does not represent the people. That's right. Diamond Silk, you guys are awesome, really. Um, and so bold, so strong, speaking the truth. I admire you, and I'm so glad you're on the scene today speaking out. National Treasures. Uh, you can see him here on Newsmax, of course, Saturday at 8.30, Sunday at 3. But go to the Twitter as well, at Diamond and Silk. For all things Diamond and Silk, it's all there. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you, you for having, having us. us. You bet. Take care now, and we'll be right back. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. What do you think, huh? Looks like the headquarters of America. Folks, I am so grateful to be an American, proud to be an American, glad I was born here, raised here, and that I got to serve this country. You know, a lot of folks uh, don't realize we lose lives, obviously, in, in wartime in the military, but also in peacetime operations. It's a very frequent occurrence. And on Memorial Day, I think of my three friends who lost their life in peacetime in service to their country, Dale Mulkey, a Harrier pilot, Glenn Blaisdell, an F-18 pilot, and Steve Freeman, an F-18 pilot and A-4 pilot. Three fantastic individuals who I never would have met had I not joined the military. So people say, thank you for your service. I say, thank you. Thank you, America. Um, it's a tremendous experience. I urge you to consider it. If you're of military age, don't let anyone talk you into it, but it's something worthy of consideration. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for supporting Newsmax. Uh, we need you. We need each other, all right? Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week.